The text for this morning's message on this Easter Sunday is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold that, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It occurs to me that we live in a death-denying culture. We don't like to talk about death. We don't like to think about death. We do all we can to avoid the subject altogether, except during times of war, during the threat of a terrorism attack, and during a pandemic. I have probably heard more helpful discussion about death and dying during the last few weeks than I have in the previous months put together. It's on our minds, the reality of it, the fear of it, and what God has to say about death and dying. This morning's scripture is a beautiful resurrection story, a story that reflects on what it means that Jesus Christ has conquered death. It is a, an account that encourages us to look at the eternal dimension of the resurrection. As uh, 1 Peter says in this scripture, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. He makes reference in verse 3 to a living hope. That's in contrast to a dead hope, uh, a sad hope, an empty hope. It's the living hope that makes such a difference because Christ is raised from the dead. And 1 Peter goes on to describe this living hope as an inheritance that is ours. Now, we know at least two things about an inheritance. First of all, an inheritance is something that is in our future, and it promises something better than what we have now. We look forward to an inheritance. By implication, inheritance is something that, that is waiting for us and offers more than today. And so it is our resurrection hope that this life is not all there is that there is more for us, a fuller life, an abundant life, a resurrection life with Jesus Christ. There's a second thing we know about an inheritance. An inheritance is usually something that comes to us not by effort and achievement, but by relationship. Inheritance don't come, uh, inheritances don't come by way of merit something that we deserve because we have earned points 
and worked for it. They come because we're related or we're connected deeply and someone bestows that gift on us. And perhaps it's good to pause this Easter Sunday morning and remind ourselves that we cannot earn our way to heaven. We cannot earn our salvation. It's a gift from God. God loves us. God wants to be in relationship with us. And our good works are to show that that living Christ is within us. They're not in order to earn that salvation. It's an inheritance that's a gift. And it's a beautiful gift. And it's one directly from God. Now, in 1 Peter we read, there are three truths about this inheritance. It's imperishable. It's undefiled. And it's unfading. It cannot be ravaged by time. No invading army can take it from us. No germ or disease can deprive us of it. It is imperishable. It is undefiled. It is unfading. And then Peter says, it is kept in heaven for us. Now, I know with the COVID-19 uh, crisis that we're living through, it's on our minds all the time. We wake up thinking about it. We hear the news during the day. We go to bed thinking about it. And obviously, we need to be prepared. We need to take precautions. But here's a thought. Once we've listened to the updates, once we've made sure that we're paying attention and we're living our lives carefully and responsibly, shouldn't we be spending at least as much time in the promise of God that we are kept by God's power, the keeping power of God, the preserving power of God is a wonderful promise. And I believe it's a promise we need on this Easter Sunday, maybe more than we have in previous years. We need to hang on to those great promises of God that he keeps us and our inheritance does not fade away. But having said all that, Easter is not just about the life to come. The resurrection of Jesus is not simply about the sweet by and by in another world. Heaven is about this life too. The resurrection flows back into this life as well and makes a difference for us. For example, in the next verse, Peter says, even though we rejoice in the promise of heaven and resurrection. Even now for a little while, we have to suffer various trials. So he's bringing the resurrection hope down into this world, down into our trials and our suffering. Now nobody wants to suffer. Nobody likes hardship. But hardship is a part of the Christian journey, following Jesus does not mean that we're ever exempt from suffering. It's a part of our lives. Very often, followers of Jesus grow angry at God when difficulties come to our lives. We somehow assume that God has forsaken us. But the truth is that Scripture says God may be closer to us in times of testing, not farther away. Sometimes we begin to believe that we have done something to deserve that suffering. 
that God is punishing us. I want to tell you very honestly, 17 years ago, when I was diagnosed with cancer, the very first thought that popped into my mind, it came before I could stop it. It came before I could close the door on it. The very first thought that popped into my mind was, I did something to deserve this. Is God punishing me? Now, I did not let that idea stay. I, I invited it to leave the house. But it was there. And it happens to us. But as we read Scripture carefully this morning, and we think about God's great resurrection love for us, we realize that we need to see our trials not through the lens of guilt, not through the lens of, of judgment, but through the lens of mercy and through the lens of grace because God loves us and he's with us in our suffering. And so Peter says, even now for a little while, you have had to suffer various trials. For a little while. The length of our suffering is relative. It may seem like forever. But what he's doing is contrasting the little while with the forever love of God, the little while with the inheritance that is unfading and imperishable. It may seem like a long time, but it's not. One of my 20th century preacher heroes is a pastor by the name of W.E. Sangster. You probably haven't heard of him. He was, he was a Methodist pastor in London. And in 1940, as the German bombs began to fall on London in that horrible blitz, his church became a refuge. With other members, he went down to the basement of the church and they reinforced the walls and the ceiling. And they began to house families whose homes had been bombed. And the families began to stay. The church began to feed them. The church ministered to them, talked to them about the love of Christ, met their needs, and they became family. But here's the amazing point of the story. Some of the families lived in the basement of that church for five years, all during the war. Peter says, for a little while, in contrast, to eternal life for a little while. It may seem like forever, but for a little while. For a little while, you have had to suffer various trials. The word various is interesting in the New Testament Greek. It actually means multicolored. 1 Peter 1 says that our trials are multicolored. Some are big and dark and ugly. Some are very tiny. Some are just irritations. Some are devastating. They're multicolored. But later in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 4.10, he uses that word again, multicolored, to talk about God's grace. So just as our trials are varied and multicolored, so God's grace is varied and multicolored. William Barclay, the great Bible scholar, once wrote in a commentary that for every trial, there is a corresponding grace. 
for every trial that we live, there is a grace to match it and to deal with it and to overcome it. Various trials, various graces. God's grace can always meet the heartache we're going through. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I tend to whine more about the trials. Uh, I hear myself saying things like, will it ever end? It's just one thing after another. What else could happen? Have you ever said those things? Sure you have. We, we tend to focus on the various trials. What if instead we started saying, will it ever end? God's blessings just keep coming. Will they never stop? God's grace just keeps pouring into my life and it's always varied, it's always multicolored and I count my blessings for every trial, a corresponding grace because Jesus is risen from the dead. And then 1 Peter chapter 1 moves into a beautiful analogy that to me is sort of the the summit of this entire discussion of resurrection. He says that as you go through your trials, you need to look at the trials you're struggling with as fire that burns the gold. Gold is not burned up by the fire because gold is fireproof. Gold is not destroyed by the fire. The fire actually purifies it. The fire actually cleanses it and gets the dross and the, the uncleanness out of it. And it's a beautiful picture. Peter wants to give us a new way of looking at, at struggles and tribulation, not as something that defeats us, but as something that can purify us. So I want to stop right here. I want to ask you, with all that we've been experiencing with the pandemic, with all of the uncertainties of life surrounding us, have there been some things in your life that God has been able to purify or cleanse or make clearer? Has there been a way that the trials have been used to refine the gold of your character? Have you grown through any of your trials and any of your struggles? I would also pose the question uh, because there may be people watching today who don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Have the trials of the last several days and weeks been a wake-up call for you about the need for a relationship with God? Have you felt that tug in your heart that something is missing? that you need this relationship with a God who loves you and who seeks you, and that through Jesus Christ you might know a peace even in the midst of trials. The good news on this Easter Sunday morning is that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, and because he was, the pathway is cleared to everlasting life, and nothing interrupts God's love and plan for us. And the good news is that even in our trials, God is working to refine. And God is matching every trial with a corresponding grace. And remember this on this Easter Sunday. 
Gold is fireproof. And so are we because of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Loving God, hear our prayer as we offer our lives to grow in resurrection strength, to become resurrection people in new and courageous ways. Through Christ we pray. Amen. I want to thank you for being with us today. It's been wonderful to worship together even though we're apart. And we want to encourage you if you're not currently in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't know him as Lord and Savior, uh, to check out our website, to uh, check out the contact information. We'd love to have a conversation with you because it's our heart's desire that you come to know God's love in a real and powerful way and that this risen Christ be alive inside of you. As always, we want to thank you for your faithful giving, a reminder that our commitments uh, of ministry and, and mission continue through First Baptist Church into our community and world. Thank you for remembering uh, to be faithful in tithes and offerings. You may give online or you may mail in to the church your checks, but thank you for doing that uh, as we keep ministry moving in a very positive way. And now to close our service, uh, the parting song is going to be something that you're going to enjoy because it's a throwback to last Easter, Easter of 2019. Enjoy it and be blessed today.